we've been talking about why I must be in a local church and be committed there. Why I must be in a local church and be committed there. Simply put, why I must go to church and be a member of a church. We've been on a long journey in this series and have come to understand what church stands for. The word church is ecclesia, which is a Greek word that simply means gathering, called out. So the church will then symbolize people that are called out. When you see a church, a church is a called out group of people. Church is a called out group of people. Question, what are they called out of or called out from? The Bible says Jesus translated us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us to the marvelous light. So the church is a gathering of people who are in darkness that has been brought to light. The church is a gathering of people who have been brought from, you can even say from sin to become saints. Church is a gathering of people who were sinners who have been made saints. And then we said that a church requires an assembly. You can't call yourself a Christian, a believer, and you don't belong to an assembly. A doctor goes to the hospital. He doesn't go to every hospital in Ghana. Every doctor, nurse, teacher have a specific located place. They go to practice their profession. So you can't be a Christian and belong to the universal church with the Okwa sorry Debbie. It is not found in scripture. You must belong to a local church, a place you can be identified with. Reason. Why do I have to belong to a local church, a location? Local church simply means a location. You must belong to a located place that we can find your record. Why? A lot of people think that, let me, let me say a lot of people, let me. Some people think that when you get born again, your next assignment is to make heaven. I was taught like that. I taught like that. So the more you go to church, your chances of making heaven is high. So we came to you get born again, then you are on the journey of making heaven. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. So you come to church and one day, when pastor is not too happy, comes to fire you a wild message. Everybody bow down your head. Ask yourself, are you a Christian? Are you sure if the trumpet sound today, you will go? If you are here, you know. If the trumpet sound, you will not go. I'm giving you three chances. One, come forward and rededicate your life. Then the popular song will be played. The organist will give us a cool touching. Oh, to Jesus, I surrender. You're always surrendering and taking it back. Sometimes you only surrender it on the altar. And by the time you get to the gate, you have taken your thing again. Christians don't make heaven. It doesn't matter how somebody feels. You see, the Bible is devoid of your feelings. A Christian does not make heaven. The moment you accept Christ, you are in heaven. Let's play it in a simple, logical way. If you believe God's hometown is heaven, and born again is to be born by God, how can you be born by God who is from heaven and you want to make heaven? Do you make your father's hometown? Do you have to do something to qualify to go to your mother's village or to be accepted in your mother's village? No. 
So how can I be a child of my father? My father is from Himai. My mother is from Antwa. In fact, they claim me by force. Whether I like it or not. In fact, when you meet any Antwa Himai person, they will tell you we are family. The same way. We belong to the family of God the day, the moment we accepted Christ in our life. I said it on radio, I'm saying it again. One of the biggest problems we have had in our journey in Christianity was what we were told before we accepted Jesus into our life that we should come and give our life to God. That thing, as simple as it is, it affects your mentality in your Christian work. So the mentality now is created that Christianity is seriously what I do that qualifies me in that journey. Because a proposal is made and then you have to stop all your bad, bad things, change your life, and then come. So the question is, are you sure? You have decided you will no more sin again. If you know you have decided this is the last time you ever lie, last time you do any bad things, come forward. I'm giving you the last chance. So you come to the altar with the mindset that you have left all your bad, bad things, you on your own, have left all your bad, bad, bad things, and now you have come to give your life to Jesus. So the moment you come and give your life to Jesus, you are then one after you have given. Now that you are a Christian, from today, you have to change your hairstyle. Change the way you dress. Change the way you do this. That is what is going to make you a true Christian. So you are then on a journey of becoming a true Christian. So what happened when the wild message was preached, if you know you're a fornicator, ask yourself, have you been doing bad, bad things in the dark when nobody is there? So when all these guilty messages are preached, and you yourself, you know yourself, that when the lights are off, only God knows. So you start crying and come. That's another problem. So the sinner is expected to cry. And your tears, and how, you know, some, some English words are not deep. The key says, no, no, we are sure, say, we no, say, we no, we now pass out, I swear, so I attain salvation by first regretting, no, regretting is number two. First, I have to admit I am a sinner. You admit you're a sinner. Then you regret your sins. Then you confess your sins. Then you come and give your new commitment to God. Check the steps. One, admit I'm a sinner. And you have to even repeat it before the pastor. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I admit, I admit. I am a sinner, I am a sinner. I've done bad, bad, bad things. Ukoshia, the people from my hometown, they're more bullying now. Me a drama before, me a drama before. Me, we are there. <laughs> Three years ago, one of my people that went for evangelist came and said, one of the small boys says, Oh, sister, in mommy, one way, me, me, Jolue, ni yo, me, Fanny, yo. Last year, now, fake people, eh? Home, war. So he's confessing all his sins because one of the things I did as a pastor was I hardly read the Bible. I heard people say things and I said them. So I had preached to people to admit their sinners, to confess their sinners. To regret their sinners. Then they can come and give their life to Jesus. Giving your life to Jesus. I'm coming. So you come to church with all these things. 
So you know yourself that after making such a commitment, let me paint another picture. You made the commitment. Your girlfriend, FY in the house, has not made that commitment. You have, you, when you have come to church, you didn't agree with her. So the question now is, you said you are going to give your life. Has she given her life? You have not negotiated before. You have come to make a serious commitment. And then you go back. And if what thinks that is because you have met another person, you are coming to use Jesus as a decoy. So on planet that. She will harass you, and then within two days, the life you went to give, give to Jesus, you have collected it back. <laughs> so, you, if, if you are not very hard, it will take you some time to let air pass on before you even go near a church. Then when you come to church again, and another hot message hits you, you start crying. <laughs> God, you know, the good I want to do, I cannot do. It's only the bad that I don't want to do, that I do. They come and give your life to Jesus again. So a lot of people have been going up and down on the altar. Even goat is not slaughtered like that. Goat that is used for burnt offering in those days. Went once. You, you have gone to the altar several times. So with that mentality, you think a day you have not come to the altar, if the trumpet sounds, where will you be? It's a mentality. And all these processes I have mentioned, none is scriptural. Give you several scriptural examples that none of these requirements we pastors give is biblical. The thief on the cross with Jesus. The last act of Jesus before death. The man is a thief. The other one mocked Jesus that if he is Lord, he should save himself and save all of them. And stop all the noise we hear, you are Lord, you are Lord. The other one said, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. Jesus said, this day, you will be with me in paradise. Because that man was going to die. And if he's going to die, it is only paradise he needs. Hear me. Jesus did not say, do you admit you are a sinner? How many people did you steal from? Confess your sins. No. When you read Romans chapter 10, the verse number 8, 9, 10. Let's go to the Bible. Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10. Romans chapter 10, the verse 8 to 10. He says, but what sayeth it? it? The word is nigh thee. The word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth and in Even in your heart. mouth and your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith which we preach. That if that so we don't even preach condemnation. We preach the word of faith. The word of faith is the gospel. Then he says what? That if thou shall confess, if thou shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. With your mouth what? The Lord Jesus. So what do we confess? The Lord Jesus. Not confess our sins. You have to listen all the time to the conversations of the scriptures. He says if you will confess with your mouth what? The, the Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus. And then what? And believe in thy and heart. And if you believe in your heart what you are confessing. So what you are confessing is the lordship of Jesus. Which is as a result. Don't forget the song we sang. He is Lord because he has risen from the dead. He continues to explain himself. Mm -hmm. And believe in thine heart. And you believe in your heart that what? That God hath raised that him God from the dead. That God has raised Jesus from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. What will happen to you? Thou shalt be saved. So it means that salvation happens when one hears the word, believes in his heart, and confess the lordship of Jesus. Case closed. So question, where from admit your sins? Confess your sins. Give your life to Jesus. 
That means they are man-made principles. He summarizes it. He says the reason for your confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart is why. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. He says because it's with the heart we believe to become righteous. And with the mouth and with the mouth of confession is made unto salvation. We are saved. So the moment you declare Jesus is Lord, you are saved. So salvation is not a process. Salvation is instant. It's not a post-data check to be received later. Hear me? Salvation is such that God did it. That is why it's called grace. Grace is something you don't merit. He says, for by grace we are saved. And because it is by grace, anything you do on your own to add to it, defiles it. Ephesians 2, from verse 6 to 8. Ephesians chapter 2 from the verse 6 to 8. And hath raised us up together. He says he has raised us up together to make us do what? He has raised us up together. eh? And made us sit together in heavenly places. And he has made us sit together where? In heavenly places. In the heavenlies. So please, that's why I said the moment you are born again, you are in heaven. He has raised us up to make us sit together with him where? In heavenly. He didn't say he will make us. In the future, you will sit with Christ in the heavenlies. No. Start from verse 1. He says you. Ephesians chapter 2 from the verse 1. You. And you have he quickened. Had he given life. Who were dead, who were dead in, dead trespasses, in trespasses and, sins, and in your sins. Wherein in time where past. Wherein in time past. Ye walked according to the course past, of this world. You were walking according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the according power of the air. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit, the spirit that, that now worketh in the children of disobedience. disobedience eh, among whom we also did have our conversation. had our conversation in time in past, time past in the last of our flesh, in the last of our flesh fulfilling the desires, we are fulfilling of, the the flesh, desires of the flesh and of the mind and of the mind and we're by nature and we were by nature the children, children of, of wrath, wrath even as others even as others but god watch this he says even though you were a sinner you were doing bad 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 things he says but god so irrespective of the state you were in but god this is where salvation begins continue but God, who, who is, is rich, rich in, in mercy, mercy, for his great love, for his great love had he what? Loved us. Even when we were dead, even in sins, when we were sinners, hath quickened he us has given us Christ. life together with Christ. By grace, he says, by saved. grace you are saved. And hath raised us and up he has together. raised us up together and made us and sit he has together made us sit together in heavenly places in the heavenlies in, in Christ, Christ Jesus. So when you got saved, you didn't just get saved, you were placed to sit in the heavenlies with Christ. So if you believe Christ is in the heavenlies, you are where? So heaven is not something you make after you are born again. The moment you got saved, you were made a citizen of heaven. Are you following? Talk to me. The seven, that in the ages to come. He says, he made you to sit with Christ so that in the ages to come. He might show the exceeding riches of show his grace the and his kindness. Of his, uh-huh. Toward us through Christ Jesus. Towards us through for Christ. By grace he says, saved. For by grace you are saved. Through faith. It is through faith. And that not of yourself. It is not of what? Yourself. So if you got saved because you regretted, you got saved by yourself. Hear me? He says, You got saved by grace. It is not of yourself. Self is what you do. Anything you added to be saved, you didn't save. Salvation is his work. It has all been cooked. All you do is eat it. GD, believe. For by grace are you saved. Grace is something you can't attain. Grace is something you don't work for. So nobody got saved because you were better than anybody. Nobody got saved because you have repented. Mm. And I repent is the English one. Repent in English means sesen in Greek, metanoi means change your mind. A change of mind 
automatically affects a change of character. But salvation is required when you change your mind towards how you see God. Change your mind towards what God has done. And the reason why John the Baptist came to preach, repent, repent, he is to introduce Jesus. Watch this. John came shouting. The first time we heard repent, repent, John. Repent! That the kingdom of God. The repent evangelist. His duty was to show Jesus to the Israelites. The Israelites had a history whereby forgiveness of sins are attained by taking a lamb. So John came preaching that they should change their mind towards repentance, change their mind towards forgiveness of sin. Bonifa free ah Israel for Musu giant corner Mufu send the mamu yet perfect no change your mind towards God and forgiveness of sins. Then in verse 29 of John chapter 1, he says, This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So you used to have a way your sins were forgiven, but change your mind and see this man. As the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. I thought you shout glory. So repent and see. He says there is one coming after me. His shoe last I am not worthy to untie. I baptize you with water. And the baptism was to symbolize cleansing. And birth. He says I am doing this with water. He will cleanse you by the spirit. So you need to understand John's teaching. John's message was to introduce Jesus to the people of Israel. That is why he tells them to change their mind. Repent. Change your mind. Because the kingdom of God is here. It's at hand simply means it is here. It's not it is coming. So change your mind. Because the kingdom of heaven is here. And he is this guy. His name is Jesus. He takes away the sins of the world. So at salvation, we don't give our life. If we give our life, Christ does not need to give his life. Christ came to give his life on the cross of Calvary. He died, he was buried for my sins. So I don't give my life. I receive the life he gave. God commended his love towards us that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ did what? Died for us. What manner of love is this? That a man will lay down his life for his brethren. So at salvation, you don't lay your life. You rather take the life of Christ. Are you following me? At salvation, we receive Jesus' life. That's why you are called a Christian. If you gave your life to Jesus, how can you be called a Christian? You gave it to him. So Jesus will be called you. Jesus will be called Maggie. Vero. Connie. But because we received his life, we are called Christ-like. So at salvation, I received the life of Christ. That is why I have, not I will have eternal life. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave. God is the giver, you are the what? Receiver. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes, believe means receive. You will not perish if you have received the life of Christ. Because Christ does not perish. Because Christ's life is eternal life. So he that receives Jesus, you have received what? Eternal life. God does not die, so you will not perish. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believed in him will not what? Perish. But have what? So when you believe Jesus, you have what? I can't hear you. If you believe Jesus, you have what? Do you have everlasting life? Oh, I can't hear you. Do you have everlasting life? So who is going to hell? How can a Christian go to hell? So we don't come to church to go to heaven. Because the day you believe Jesus, you receive... Imagine you are carrying Jesus in your heart to heaven, eh, to hell. How possible? 
How? It's impossible to have the life of Christ in hell. When I received the life of Jesus, I received eternal life. How did I receive the life of Jesus? I received it by his spirit. As long as his spirit is inside of me, I have eternal life. The moment you believe the gospel, when somebody preached to you, do you know Jesus died for your sins and you believe in your heart? The moment you believe that, that instant, God sends his spirit into your heart. And that spirit that is sent into your heart, the spirit of God is God's life. The spirit of God is God's. God is a spirit. His life is a spirit. God doesn't have a flesh. So God's life is a spirit. And he sends his spirit into your heart. And the moment God sends his spirit into your heart, automatically you have become a son of God. If Jesus can't go to hell, you can't go to hell. Are you with me? So I don't give my life to Jesus. Watch this. This is where I came from and I'm going back. So it is not my repentance. It is not stopping the bad, bad things. I'm not saying you should continue to do. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that is not what gives you salvation. It's as simple as ABC. Salvation is a gift of God. Let's go back to Ephesians you got to verse 8. He says, for by grace I am saved. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 from the verse 8. Mm-hmm. For by grace are ye saved. He says, for by grace are ye saved. Through faith. You are saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. He says salvation is what? The gift of God. So I must understand that salvation is a gift of God. You don't work for a gift. Hey. That's not a gift. That's a reward. Right? (laughs) If I have to work before you give me something, you can't call it a gift. A gift is when you have done nothing, you are giving something. So he says salvation is a gift of God. He continues. I love how Paul writes. Not of works. He says it's not of what? Works. So salvation is not by your works. What I did, what I didn't do. He says, why is it not of works? Lest any man should He says, so that no man will do what? Boast. God doesn't want anybody boasting that you contributed to being saved. God doesn't want anybody to look at you and say he's better than you. Because we are all saved by grace. Hallelujah. Salvation is a gift of God. So I was taught I gave my life to Jesus. So Christianity became mechanic. It became my strength. So when I fail, I have failed in Christianity. So I didn't see God's grace. I didn't see the finished work of Christ. But in Christianity, it is what Christ has done that we walk in. Christianity is what Christ has done that we walk in. So Christ has accomplished something. What did he do? What I couldn't do for myself, he did it for me. Some will say it this way, that what I was weak at, he is strong in. So, believing in what he has done strengthens me. So, the Christian work is what Christ has done. I don't take the lead in Christianity. He leads. That is why in Christianity... You are first declared holy even before you live a holy life. I take it again. You see, Christianity is more of what Christ has done that we walk in. So you are called a child of God even before you live like a child of God. So it is not how you are living that makes you a child of God. You are called a child of God. And he expects that if we call you like that, the what you are called will influence your thoughts and your thoughts will influence your action. That's Christianity. I take that again. In Christianity, God, what he does is that what he expects from you, he gives it to you. So he calls you by what he has given you. Then you meditating on what he has given you 
will affect your thought and your thought affects your action. People think or some think to be righteous, I have to do something before God will make me righteous. No. In Christianity, God calls you righteous. And he wants the consciousness of calling you righteous to affect your mind so you start doing righteous things. So you are not called righteous because you first did righteous things. No. Because you are a child of God. A child of God can never be called a sinner. So he calls you holy. Then when you are called holy, 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 he believes as you meditate upon the word, the word affects your thoughts and then it automatically affects the way you live. What a good God we serve. Some said that you become a saint when you do good, good, good things and when you die, then they make you a saint and build you a pillar. Then Saint Mubarak. But God calls you a saint the moment you are born again. He says, I call you saints. So when you go out and say, saint, 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 you want to live like a saint. Because that's who you are. Are you following? So it's not my action that makes me a child of God. I act because I am a child of God. I don't act, hear me? I don't act to become a child of God. I don't act. To become a child of God. Because I am a child of God, I act the way I act. So when I'm acting less of myself, a brother or sister will remind me, oh, you're a child of God. A child of God does not speak like this. Then I, I come of myself and realize, oh, I'm a child of God. A child of God speaks with grace. So I'm reminded of who I am. So that reminding me of who I am, I live as I am. I don't live to become God's child. It's not a qualification. I don't qualify to become a child of God. The moment you are born again, you are an automatic child of God. How many of you have siblings more than three? Can I see by hand? You have siblings more than three, two, five? Yesterday I met a pastor. He has ten children. I couldn't believe it. Ten. I don't know how he did that. Do you think every child of your mother behaves the same? Like we have a proverb in the Akan language, Ephiabia, It doesn't matter how our siblings behave. We may dislike how they behave. We disapprove of their bad habits, but they are still our siblings. It's the same way with God. The fact that you're God's child doesn't mean we will have God's children who are not behaving like they should behave themselves. But the way they behave doesn't stop them from being God's children. That's what it is. But it is preached that you live to become. We don't become. We don't attain heaven. We don't become children of God. We are children of God. So there now, the responsibility of going to church is to remind me of who I am. So that when I'm always reminded of who I am, I meditate on it. I take it out to leave it. Simply put, the church, I go to church to grow in my spiritual life. The church is a place we grow in our spiritual walk. It is not to make heaven. The church is not an opera center where different activities, one church service, so they will call all manner of people. Dancers will come, jumpers will come. Comedy account. Comedy and prophecy in church. What will National Theater do? Why are pastors doing that? You, 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 you bankrupt the motivational speakers and became motivational speakers instead of gospel preachers. Say somebody entertainment. Pastors should stay preaching the gospel. Now you go to church 14 steps. To be a billionaire, I feel an anointing on my head. Anybody that will touch my hand today, the oil of billionaire, Massa, Kobusa, Bill Gates, so the Nisako Kasofu Binsa, Aoko Kwanasi story. Kwanasi story. Like a pastor called Prosper, yet he's suffering. Change, change your name. Your name may be the reason you are not making it. Missy Bill Gates, indeed a gate, Kesoko Gate, man, or Billy Gate. Bill 
gates. Forget that story. Name. So when we turn the church into a market center, prosperity center, that's not the church. Jesus never invited anybody to church to come and prosper. That's why we have plenty of people don't go to church and they have money. In fact, there are tycoons in town. In church, when one person buys a car, the whole church will go outside. Glory be to our God. I'm on for to talk us. Somebody one day can. If you have a girlfriend, the same crap. I've forgot. You know, sometimes we are jokers. So. Then pastor is feeling so pompous because his anointing has produced BW3 series. Why not you go in? I'm sure they go in. I don't know. Ah, upon all your tongues, your oil could produce a home use Mercedes Benz. People are going to Benz shop. I remember when I got my Benz, I made a mistake and took it to Silver Star. I regretted the day God called me into ministry. Ah, you know, it's the first time I've received a Benz. I wanted to also show that, yes, me to have arrived. When you just park your car there, there, they have not tagged the car. <laughs> the price alone, they will give it to you. Before they touch the car, can take your car to Black Office shop 14 times in a year. I'm like, eh? I said it was a mistake. They should bring me my car. Hey, their parts are different. Everything is different. You are sitting here, home use things. They are celebrating the anointing of God. And go to church for that. That's not what church was set up for. You can get miracles in church, yes. But we don't come to church because of miracles. No. As long as there's a power of God, something good can happen to you. But that's not the reason. That's not the reason we go to church. To make money. Then why are institutions set up? Why don't we all on Mondays come here to this auditorium? Don't go to work. Come and kneel on the altar and trust God that money will be thrown from heaven. Question is, which currency? Sometimes we forget that money, according to law, is a legal tender, right? And can never be produced anywhere without the signature of the commissioner of the governor of the bank, right? So if God brings you money from heaven... He's an illegal guy. He must be arrested. Where did he get it from? Any money that didn't come from Bank of Ghana is what? Illegal. Right? It has to start from the Bank of Ghana. Then it is distributed to everywhere. So if your own came from heaven, who signed? No, no, no the question is, the governor's signature on your money, who signed? If you make... Make mistake and say God. He has disqualified all his credentials. He's no more honest. He's no more true. Because anybody who forges another man's signature is a froster. So whether he did it by the spirit or by angels, whether he signed himself or instructed Michael or Gabriel, are you getting it? It shows you that that sense of Miracle money is fraud. Stop that stories. Where is the God of miracle money? Forget that story. Money is a legal tender. Three ways of getting it. Either somebody who has legally or stolen, that's you. <laughs> you work for it or you yourself, you steal. Money is first something you work for. Exchange for labor, exchange for a product, or somebody who has it legally gives it to you as a gift. So all this, and I was praying, and all of a sudden, I opened my pillow, and there was money there. Pastor Chris told the story I'll never forget. He said, they believed those days they were doing a lot of supernatural things. Then he prayed that, I see God. Bringing some of you miracle money. People scream, amen, amen, amen. You know, church people, they can easily create miracles. 
said testimony started coming to you. He started enjoying the testimony. Then he went home. One time he was looking through his jacket. Oh, then he saw a bulk of money. In the inner pocket. He was excited. He couldn't wait. He went to say, praise the Lord. See money. See money. The people celebrated with him. Said on his way home, he, was, he went to church with his cousin. Cousin said, ah, I'm surprised at you. I thought you were an honest man of God. At least when you saw the money, inquire of God where the money came from. Do you know the money is my money? He had gone to testify to his church that God has also brought him his own. Then it's left for him to go back and tell them that it wasn't God. It is somebody's money. He said, their cousin said, you will pay for it. After your testimony, remember, you took money that is not yours. People out of whatever who scream, miracle, miracle. Master, forget that story. Forget it. All those who do miracle money, miracle money, have you there seen them? Did anybody received one million Ghana before on their mobile phone? All those that they shout is 20 Ghana, 50, 5. <laughs> I won't go there. If I go there, it's very slippery. But I want to tell you as your pastor, forget the story of miracle money coming from anywhere into your bank. If, ask any banker, if by even mistake, the bank wire money into your account by mistake. One million, and you go and cash it. They will arrest you. You are a thief. Do you have one million in your account? So if they made mistake and wired money in your account, then you start saying, glory! One million Ghana, who bear we are see? account then one time one million Ghana hit your account and you say it's from heaven congratulations you chop you will die to see your face you will be in your house I've seen people that the banks have gone after them some of them they think they are smart they will start using their ATM to draw it small small your mind even tells you what you are doing is wrong if it is your money if you think God brought it why don't you go straight to the bank uh, is that not simple? If you believe God loved you more than everybody, you are the covenant child of God, and he has brought you money, walk straight. Go to the counter and tell them you have one million from heaven and you are coming to cash it. Why are you stepping at Mamobi? ATM. Walking to Mamobi. No, I took a That even shows you that you yourself, you know that the cash is not your cash. Are you here? So it is important to understand why do we go to church? Last week we said that Paul had four major doctrines he taught the church. Four major doctrines by Paul to the church of Christ. Four major doctrines of Paul. You remember? We said that Paul's doctrine helped to smoothen, or his revelation helped to smoothen our understanding of the Old Testament. The four major things Paul talked about. One was soteriology. Soteria and then logi. Soteria simply means salvation. S-O-T-E-R-I-A. Soteria. So soteriology. Is the study of salvation. Paul taught us the study of salvation. If you want to understand salvation... The books that Paul wrote helps you to understand. In 2 Timothy 3.15, he said, From a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. 
It is Paul. Paul again in Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. He told us how one is saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If thou shalt confess with your mouth the lordship of Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It is Paul's doctrine. So when the church needed understanding of salvation, Paul was a teacher of salvation. Paul was a teacher of salvation. So soteriology is a major doctrine. Doctrine is the same as teaching of Paul. Soteriology is a major doctrine into bracket teaching of Paul. And soteriology is the study of salvation. We said again that when you study Paul's doctrine, you would understand salvation. When you study Paul's doctrine, you would understand salvation. The second major doctrine of Paul was eschatology. 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 From eschatos. Logic simply means study. So, eschatology is simply the study of the last day's event. When you want to understand what will happen in the last days, or what happened at the last days, when you read the books of Paul, he teaches us about the last days. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, Paul spoke about the last days. He says, the spirit speaketh expressly. Next point. So when you study Paul's theology, you will find out the things about the last days. There are so many things people have said about the last days that are not true. Some of them you can't even find in the Bible. And because Christians, or let me say some Christians don't study the Bible, anything we hear, we think is a sign of the last days. Trump was a sign of the last day. Obama. The way they have lifted Antichrist in the world is amazing. Anytime somebody came, before they said Antichrist was Pope John Paul, then Pope died. Antichrist, Obama, hear me. The word anti, simple grammar. If somebody, let's, let me use a simple one. Political parties in Ghana, we have NDC and MPP. So somebody is anti-MPP or anti-NDC. It means he's just opposite of. So please, Antichrist is not a person. I beg you. There's no one single person that the world is waiting for. Who is All those Kokwanasi stories is not biblical. Even in Jesus' days, there was Antichrist. Anti, I've told you, anti is somebody who is against opposition. So anybody that speaks against the doctrines of Christ is an antichrist. Anybody who does not believe in the lordship of Jesus. So those who believe Jesus is a prophet, but he's not the son of God, is an antichrist. Anybody who doesn't believe that Jesus died for our sins is an antichrist. Any teaching, let me make it simple, but any teaching that negates the teachings of Jesus is Antichrist. So there is no superhuman being coming with whatever called Antichrist. It is not true. It is movies acted by unbelievers that people are picking their doctrines from. Jesus says, when I leave, many Antichrists will come. And then you follow what he says, they will come and do. Paul said it. In churches, he preaches. He says, when I leave, many antichrists will come. He says, there are many antichrists amongst you. That means even when Paul was there, there were antichrists there. And he says, what do they do? They will come teaching that there is no resurrection from the dead. Then in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, if there is no resurrection from the dead, then Christ did not resurrect. And if Christ did not resurrect, then we are in our sins. So when you read the writings of Paul, he explains the last day's event. Eschatology. No biba, no bibo, no bibo, but teacher says this is. That's why I ask a simple question. The says is, is, is it going to be in your spirit or your spirit, or they say it to be on your hand and your forehead? Then they said it to be on your forehead, physical forehead and physical hand. That's okay. Have you ever seen a dead person die and his body is carried somewhere? 
Since it's not, if it was on your body and you die, will it follow you to where you are going? And common sense should tell you that that thing is not real. People have misinterpreted. You see, the sad thing is that John said it was a revelation. Revelation needs interpretation. So when he sees a vision in the spirit and you don't interpret it, and you interpret it literally, you are misunderstanding what he's writing. That's how people have... Joe, people, Joe, 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 Witty, have interpreted that Adam ate apple. That's why he choked his throat. So when you see something in a man's throat, it's called Adam's apple. Hey, brah. Adam did not eat any tree or fruit. It was an imagery. Moses was schooled in Egypt. In Egypt, their education involves using pictures and things to teach. And he was teaching Israelites who have stayed in Egypt for more than 40 years. So he was telling them a salvation story with an imagery. Not that Adam ate any tree. It didn't exist. It was a way of communication. Like how when you are teaching a child and you want to teach the child, let's say, addition or subtraction. You say, imagine you have three oranges and you take two. How much is left? Does it mean the child has orange in their hand? You said, imagine. So Moses was using imagery to teach salvation that was offered to Adam that Adam refused. So salvation in the form of a tree, tree of life, because salvation produces life. So life was given to Adam, and Adam didn't take life. And because he didn't take the life that was offered to him by the gospel, death came to humanity. So he used imagery, tree like life. Tree of life. So you need to interpret the language to understand what happens. So Paul comes in John chapter 5, in Romans chapter 5, sorry, verse 12. He says, by one man, sin came to the world. He's interpreting what happened. He says, by one man's disobedience. So what actually happened, that Moses pictorized it with the tree of life and tree of knowledge and evil was just a disobedient to God's word that was offered to Adam. Simple. So when you don't read well, you just imagine now they said Adam fornicated. With who? Are you here? I'm closing soon. So there is a scatology, which is the study of the last day's event, and then there is pneumatology. Pneuma, P-H, sorry, P-N-E-U, P-N-E-U, M-A-T-O-L-O, G-Y. Pneuma. Pneuma simply means spirit. Pneuma. So pneumatology. Pneuma is simply P-N-E-U-M-A. Pneuma. Spirit. So Paul in his doctrine, one of the things he majored on was on doctrine of explaining spirits. The study of spirit. Jesus said God is a spirit. Man is also a spirit. In Genesis 1, 26 to 28, man was created a spirit and he took a body. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Read 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Mm. And the very God of peace, and the very God of peace, mm-hmm. sanctify you holy. He should sanctify you holy. And I pray God. And I pray God. Your whole spirit and soul and that body. That your whole spirit and soul. And body. Be, be preserved. Blameless. blameless unto, unto the coming, coming of, of our, our Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. So man is a spirit. God is a spirit. Man is a spirit. Then angels are spirits. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. He says angels are they not ministering spirits? 
Spirit is something you can't see with the naked eyes. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. Mm-hmm. Are they not all ministering Are they spirit? not all ministering spirit? Sent forth to, Send minister, forth to, to them minister to them that shall, shall be heirs of, heirs of salvation. So man is a, God is a spirit. Man is a spirit. Angels are spirits. And demons are also spirits. We have demonic spirits. Spirits are unseen forces in human existence. Write it, please. Spirits are unseen forces in human existence. Spirits are unseen forces. So whether God, angels, demons, are unseen forces in human existence. Human existence. He says the heart of man is desperately what? Wicked. Can you see the heart? No. Because it is spiritual. The heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. And desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? The heart of man, you cannot see it. Man is a spirit. Again, this is also very important. You, that's why you can only see, or let me put it this way. The reason why you need to look in the word of God before you can know who you are in Christ is that being in Christ is a spiritual thing. To find who you are in Christ, it is a spiritual reality. The only place you can find who you are in Christ is in the word of God. You, 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 you sometimes say, what shows that I am born again and all these things you are saying? It's only in the word of God you see these things. The word of God says you are righteous and I believe the word of God. So sometimes you may not feel righteous, but the word says I'm righteous. Do you get it? Sometimes you may not feel saved, but the word of God says you are what? You are saved. So it is not about feeling. It's about what the word says. So I said, are you sure you are saved? Are you sure when the trumpets are you go? I am sure because the word of God says so. You can only find your salvation in the word of God. The only place you can see the reality of your salvation is in the word of God. Are we good? Next point. So pneumatology is the study of spirits. Paul taught about the human spirit, God's spirit. He spoke about angels and then he even spoke about demons. In 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1, he says, I don't want to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. Read it, let me see. Of spiritual things, eh? For the things of the spirit... I need you not to be ignorant. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Mm-hmm. Now concerning spiritual gifts. Now brethren, concerning spirituals, brethren, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. I would not have you ignorant. So in studying spirit, you will study God, you will study. Please write this. In studying spirit, you will study God. You will receive revelation from God through Christ because God is a spirit. In studying spirit, you will study God. You will receive revelation from God through Jesus because God is a spirit. You cannot know God by looking at things. When I look at the stars and the moon, you can't know God by looking at the stars and the moon. We look at God in his word. We look at God in his word. Better still, you know God by what the word says. Not looking at the moon and the stars. I see the stars. I see, I hear the rolling tender. Consider. 
the worst thy heart has made. Stop looking at the stars to see God's power. At least look at yourself. See the new creation. See who you are in Christ. How a sinner is made a saint. That's the handwork of God. Are you here? Hmm. How we can be called children of God. That's the handwork of God. How my sins are forgiven. How I have eternal life. And I will not perish. These are the handworks of God. Star. So God gives, uh, so Paul gives us knowledge about the unseen things. Paul gives us knowledge in his epistles about unseen things. Like God, you can't see God, angels, man, and demons. In Ephesians chapter 6, he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Then, most importantly, Paul's doctrine also majored on ecclesiology. Ecclesia, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, Ecclesia, which is the church. So, church study. Paul also majored on teaching about the church. So, one major revelation Paul gave us was insight into the church, the body of Christ. Paul taught insight into the church, the body of Christ, positionally, the church and the assembly. The series we are treating, we are now going to take a walk with Paul in the coming weeks as he teaches personalities in the church. What the church, what you call church activities church relationships and then church issues. So Paul gives us insight into the church, the body of Christ, positionally the church and the assembly. You will discover that no writer of the New Testament gave us insight into the activities. No writer of the New Testament. That is Peter, the writer of Hebrews, James, John, Gave us insight about the activities of the church, about the personalities of the church, about the positions in the church. No writer of the New Testament told us how the church should be. Only Paul. That is in the area of activities, personalities, Positions in church and also responsibilities. That means in the church, there are activities, there are personalities, there are positions, and there are responsibilities. Activities, personalities, positions, and responsibilities. I'll conclude on this. Quite a number of people say, I'm born again, and they shout, Yes, I am happy. Uh, thank God I'm saved, and all that. But that's not all Christianity is about. Christianity is not about screaming, I know who I am. I am, yeah, 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 yeah. No. You can't be doing this all your life. Every day screaming, I am, I am. That is not all Christianity is about. Christianity is not about jumping, shouting, and dancing. And screaming, I love God. God loves me. Note in capital. There are responsibilities in Christianity. Please write this for me in capital. There are responsibilities in Christianity. There are responsibilities in Christianity. So Christianity is not just waking up and meditating on God's love. He's my father. No matter what I do, he loves me. It's not true. If you call yourself a child of God and you disobey his word, do you know you will suffer for disobedience? There are responsibilities in Christianity. The fact that we are saved by grace, our sins does not de-Christian us. Doesn't mean Christianity says 
live anyhow. No. There are responsibilities in Christianity. There are responsibilities in Christianity. Can write it this way. There are responsibilities attached to the Christian life. There are responsibilities attached to the Christian life. And one of them is attending and being committed to the local church. There are responsibilities attached to the Christian life. And one of them is going to church, attending church, and being committed there. And that's why I stop for this week to continue next week. There are responsibilities attached to the Christian life. And one of it is going to church, attending church, and being committed in a church. Is a Christian responsibility. And we'll be looking at it in this series. Activities of the church. Positions in the church. Personalities in the church. Responsibilities in the church. Very, very vital in our Christian work.